0: Hello and welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. And yes, it's all about iOS 17, Apple Silicon Mac Pro, and 15-inch MacBook Air. And yes, Apple Vision Pro. So many have gotten their hands on, even our own Andrew O'Hara. And we will discuss it all with my good friend, William, for the second week in a row. How's it going, William?
1: Uh, well, good. I'm relieved this is working because I have, again, accidentally fallen into the beta of macOS uh, so, so now, so, so, now wait. This hmm?
0: I was immediately going to ask you which of your devices have accidentally, supposedly updated themselves to the developer beta.
1: Right. Well, first of all, I have to say I I have to say carcinoma in my head before I can say sonoma. I can never hold on to that word. So let's just say Mac OS fourteen. Um, it okay. Yeah. I chose to create a new user on my office Mac. Ah, Uh, because I have an Apple ID as a developer and Apple was insisting that to match so it did that, put it on there and I was swapping back and forth between users until I found out that it had basically bled across the two machines and both of my Apple IDs on that Mac are now on macOS Carson Sonoma. So that was a bit unexpected. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay, first of all, first of all, it is macOS Sonoma. Sonoma. And if you install, if you update the macOS for one user, I mean, the entire computer up there, Yes, I've, I've just, learned that. Unless you that. partition Yes. Them. <laughs> I mean, if you really wanted to, you could partition your drive and then have a whole different partition. But...
1: Yeah, I actually thought it would stop me partway because of this whole Apple ID thing, which has caused me problems before. But it didn't turn so far. Oh. Uh, I mean, it's the odd tiny little thing that isn't great but generally speaking For sure. um I, i'm very very tempted to also put it on my macbook pro but that would be foolish talk wouldn't it
0: oh my well okay well i will uh, i would love to hear from you when we get to mac os sonoma i uh, i missed the naming sonoma's sonoma. a good name though. I like, okay. I like mac os sonoma but uh man there's so much to talk about william here's what i don't want to do, william. Yes. I, want okay. to do. I did a recap episode right after the keynote Got it out. Yes, I think within an hour. It was
1: very impressive. Yes, turned that around really quickly. Yeah,
0: thank you very much. Appreciate it. So I I don't want to recap stuff again. So I want to cover things that were has come out in the week hence, and new features that people have uncovered. I've been using iOS 17 beta on an iPhone and my iPad Pro, so I want to talk about that. And just in general, cover things that uh, was not in the recap, not in the obvious high level things, and. I really am curious your thoughts on Apple Vision Pro. I've watched many videos, read several in-depth reviews for those who have actually had hands-on time with it for like half an hour, an hour. I'm just, I'm I'm very curious the ramifications and what this means. But we'll get to that. (laughs) I wanted to, uh, first of all, say I predicted, we predicted a few things. First of all, Wes got me hyped for that journal app, Mm -hmm. and that is becoming a reality, which is very exciting.
1: Although, seemingly not on the Mac, which is an obvious place for it to be, uh, but it's not there yet, and there's no mention of it coming, so that's a little odd thing, but otherwise, yes, I'm with you there.
0: That is, yeah, that is unfortunate it's not on the Mac. So, I mean, eventually, I mean, the health app just came to iPad, so maybe, you know, back to the Mac sometime. They never mention AI even once as I suspected they would not, they did. I, I put it through a transcription service and I did a find mm. uh, search and find for machine learning. And Apple said machine learning seven oh. times throughout the right. keynote and even talked about, uh, I think it's like machine generated when it came to text prediction and auto correction on the keyboard in the IO 17 section. So machine learning is everywhere. And there are many features that again, any other company would call it AI mm. or artificial intelligence. Apple is avoiding that term, I think on purpose. Mm-hmm. Problematic might not be exactly descriptive of what it's doing, but lots of machine learnings uh, throughout yes. the keynote for sure. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the Mac Pro cuz I just kind of glazed over this in the recap, but going back and doing some research, I listened to the Accidental Tech Podcast guys talk about it, and John Syracuse, I feel like he's the father of the Mac Pro right, right now, you know, he just kind of has the the wide view of it. But with this introduction of the M2 Ultra Mac Pro, Keep in mind the same M2 Ultra chip that you can get in the Mac Studio. The Intel Mac Pro is no more. Like it's not even on the website. You cannot configure a new Intel Mac Pro. The only Mac Pro available is the Apple Silicon M2 Ultra Mac Pro. And it is astounding how much fewer customizations there are in the configurator now that the Mac Pro has gone to Apple Silicon. Even when you max everything out, which is 192 gigabytes of unified memory down significantly from the 1.2 terabytes you could have done with the Intel Mac Pro and doing like an eight terabyte SSD, the max cost that I could get it without adding like software and stuff is $12,000. That is still a lot of money. But if you recall when the 2019 Intel Mac Pro was announced, people were messing with the configurator and getting it up to like 60 grand, like we're talking, you know, new car territory. And so I find it very interesting that with the introduction of this new Mac Pro, it just seems like there's a lot less customization capabilities, especially for those I think who would be in the market for a Mac Pro, people who would want a Mac Pro. And I don't know, I find it interesting. And as far as we know, no support for third-party GPUs. So all those PCI slots that are open, Apple touted, you know, six open PCI slots, not for GPUs, basically for like video capture devices. And additional storage and other things, but but no GPUs. So, I don't know. What what were your thoughts on the Mac Pro? I
1: just think, you know, someone bought an Intel Mac Pro last Friday. And they're not having <laughs> that a is good true. Day, uh, at the moment. But, <laughs> yeah. The, the massive price difference. I think Apple's always been known for looking out for us on cost. And that's always been their, their aim. So, I'm not surprised. <laughs> by
0: that. I guess what <laughs> I find interesting is the... Mac Studio with M2 Ultra, I'm looking at it right now, you can spec it up to the M2 Ultra with 24-core CPU, 76-core GPU, 32-core Neural Engine, and that is the exact specs of the highest configuration of the Mac Pro. So if you were just, if you're not adding any PCI slot things, which is not going to help GPU anyway, or CPU, like the amount of power between these two machines is the same. Like, it has the same exact chip with the same exact number of cores. I guess maybe the Mac Pro, because of its, like, ventilation system. Yeah,
1: I was just thinking that, the cooling. Yes.
0: Yeah, maybe a little harder. But when it comes to memory, these two machines can be upgraded to the exact same number, 192 gigabytes. Storage, they both can get up to 8 terabytes of SSD storage. And I will remind everyone, the Mac Studio, and this I find very useful, as an sd card slot <laughs> right on the front <laughs> you can't say that about the mac pro you would have to have a yeah, dongle but
1: i see your <laughs> sd card and i raise you that the mac pro has wheels okay game well, over well if you want to
0: yes. now if you want to up the cost oh, it's getting those wheels for let's see 400 dollars yes. if you do it at time of purchase if you want to buy those wheels separately later you're looking at 700 Ooh, so I didn't realize that. not inexpensive for the wheels, but I just I think it's so interesting. I mean, for me, even Thunderbolts. I think you get six Thunderbolt ports on an M2 Ultra Mac Studio because you got four on the back and the two on the front, so you get six Thunderbolt ports. On the Mac Pro, you get up to eight, so you get two more Thunderbolt ports. That's you know the one benefit and a second uh, Ethernet port if you wanted to have like a dual Ethernet thing, but I just find that so it's so interesting now that these two machines are so close to parity, and the only ones that I would think would go for a Mac Pro, and I've been in some situations like this in different areas of work, is for like a video capture card. Like if you just want an Elgato 4K capture card, so you can, or a Blackmagic capture card, so you can plug an SDI cable into the back of this machine. Like that'd be the only reason to pay the upcharge for a Mac Pro, which is about three thousand dollars. Like you're looking at a three thousand dollar difference between an equally spec'd Mac Studio and Mac Pro, and that just it seems bizarre to me. But the Mac Pro wild. can
1: be rack mounted. Is there a, a situation where yeah. there's a benefit to having seven Mac Pros in a rack? That sounds like in the country, but you know what I mean. Uh, rather than a few <laughs> Mac Studios networked in some way, I, I don't know.
0: I mean, rack mounting is convenient, but I mean, the Mac Studio is a pretty compact machine. I mean, you can get like a rack mounted shelf and just put like three Mac Studios side by side in the place of one Mac Pro. So I don't even know. And I think rightly so, John Syracuse on ATP expressed some consternation of like, it feels weird right now that this is the Mac Pro Apple is selling. It seems like if it does not sell, Apple might in the long-term look at sunsetting the Mac Pro as a product and the Mac Studio might be the only one unless come the m3 chip generation that we get some kind of m3 extreme
1: separation there good point yeah
0: that's possible you know i was kind of waiting during the keynote when they were talking about the mac pro for them to say m2 ultra times two yes. or you know you can put four m2 ultras in this thing and it just screams but that was not the story it's just one m2 ultra
1: you are a mac studio owner though uh, have you now got um wanderlust for the new version or are you quite happy
0: Honestly, I even have the M1 Max version. I didn't even get the Ultra version. And I love this thing. I, I, one of the few times in my history with Apple products, do not feel (laughs) any desire to upgrade because my experience would be exactly the same. The hardware I'm looking at with the SD card in the slot in the front would be exactly the same. Uh, I do not. You know, maybe come M3 generation or M4, if there's, You know, if I experience some kind of slowdown or if I start doing 8K footage for whatever reason, which I don't think I would. I mean, that's a whole new investment in cameras and such. So, you know, I don't think so. I I think right now, like, I'm really happy with my M1 Mac Studio.
1: Well, I'm actually very happy with my M1 Mac Mini. So there. Fine.
0: No, listen, that's the thing about these Apple Silicon machines. It's like they're all so good. (laughs) It's hard, you know. To justify upgrading or justifying a, a more powerful version, it's hard because it's like,
1: mm. and we want to. Why are they doing this to us? But <laughs>
0: well, and I, I also felt that way because I have the 14-inch MacBook Pro mm. M1 Pro, like the base model processor. That machine is great too. Like I've edited video on there. I rarely have to wait for anything. I, it's just great. They're all great overall. Like just the Apple Silicon in general. And I think it it makes the Mac Pro stand out even more as like a well, what's that doing? You know, like what are we? what are we doing at that? So I don't know my thoughts on the Mac pro and then the 15 inch MacBook air, I'll just say several people hands-on impressions say it's amazing. It's awesome to have a 15 inch screen device. That's also that thin. And I just wish they had thrown an SD card slot on there. Cause then it would be tempting. Like that would tempt me if there was an SD card slot on the 15 inch MacBook air, that'd be pretty sweet, but no, no SD card slot. Does that tempt you at all? Does that air? No,
1: I have a 14-inch uh, M1 Max uh, MacBook Pro and I uh, with 32 gigabytes of RAM and I adore it to pieces. So, uh actually no. I mean, 14 was bigger than 13 and I see the difference there. 15 is obviously big. I don't know if the resolution is equally good on that, but uh no, right. I'm, I'm I'm good, thank you. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's the other reason why I like my 14-inch Pro because it does have the XDR screen and it looks really good. Yeah. And like one more inch. Mm. Um. Nah it's fine. It's fine. So and you know, uh, they're gonna be good for some people. You know, that fifteen inch air, if you've been in the market for a new laptop and you want the biggest screen but don't care about like a bunch of the pro features like pro motion, man, that fifteen inch air is is a great value. So yeah, pretty cool. Let's talk about software, William. Are you running uh IOS seventeen beta on anything? No,
1: I am not. Listen to me. I'm firm oh, there. I am not. I want to, but I'm not. Okay. okay? Um,
0: not deliberately, okay. anyway. I'm not done. You're not judging. Um, <laughs> not deli- not deliberately. Okay. Yeah, I like how you had that right at the end. Uh, I 17. I'm running it. Not on not on my main device. I want to clarify for everybody. You know, because people have been asking me, should I put it on my main device? No. And I say, I don't know. No. I'm not using it on a daily driver, so I don't I don't know what it's like. But I am running it on. a a test device here. It's actually my dad's old iPhone and uh, it's pretty cool. So a couple features that were not highlighted in the keynote, but came out later. I tweeted about some of these and people just kind of been as we go discovering these things. I think I talked about airdrop completion. I just want to mention that again is a wonderful feature. I'm really hoping that that works well all the time because it'll be so nice to just start an airdrop transfer of a bunch of photos and videos and then just walk away. And just know, like, it's going to finish. Because that's one of the biggest consternations about airdrop is when you, you start that thing and it's like, who knows if this is going to finish? Even if I stay in proximity, who knows? Well, what is your uh, over-under on, like, failed airdrops? Do you experience a lot of uh, dropped? Uh,
1: yes, but it tends to fail right away. If it gets going, it almost always completes for me. So, yeah, And yeah. most of the time, it's just exactly great. It's just occasionally, for no apparent reason, there's nothing you can do. Um, which is frustrating, but it's so wonderful yeah. the rest of the time, isn't it? Isn't
0: it? it is, its not and I, hopefully this makes it even more wonderful and uh, more stable. So there's that. Also, we did not get a standalone password app, but you will be able to share passwords come iOS 17 across all your devices with trusted contacts and family members. This is an exciting forward step into more password integration, and I believe it also talked about like notes in iCloud keychain which i you know i would find that useful because in one password i'm curious if you use it this way as well i have a bunch of things like software serial keys yeah. i have things like my passport number yes. i have you know award reward programs or loyalty program numbers in there i just keep everything and the way iCloud keychain currently works it did not have really good Categories for that kind of stuff. Like, there was not great ways to put that in there. It just, you know, it asks for a username and password and kind of forces that and not really uh, else. But now you can do uh, a new password. It does still kind of have the same thing, it, it still has the notes field. So I guess that's not really a different uh, category. I don't know. I'm excited to share it. I'm looking up right now at the, uh, the passwords app in iOS 17 or the password settings thing. Family passwords is there. Share passwords and pass keys safely and securely with your family. And under password options, this was tweeted around shortly after the keynote. This is amazing William tell me if you knew about this it will clean up all those verification code texts and emails no. that you get sent all the I time
1: for today that would be great oh
0: <laughs> there is a toggle for clean up automatically and another new feature not mentioned in the keynote is that verification code that gets sent to email, which has been super annoying because Apple is so good with the text mm-hmm. part yeah. where you can just autofill it. Now they're going to do that with your email. <laughs> and so if you get an email verification code from a company you're trying to log in, it'll just autofill that in the website. You don't even have to go over to the email or open your mail app. and now, with this cleanup automatically toggle, those will just go away. You won't have a bunch of texts in your conversations and emails with the verification codes just sitting there.
1: Isn't that wonderful? I want to go to iOS 17.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is a very tempting feature. Not enough. Not enough for me to want to, to make the jump on my main device, but those, those are very exciting features. And I know their name, Ricky Mondello. They're on the team with the iCloud Keychain and Password, and they often like tweet and share some of these updates, and just amazing work this is amazing. Like I just love all these little features, like quality of life improvements that are just wonderful. So amazing.
1: One thing I'm not clear about because sharing passwords is on the Mac as well. So I've seen it there and I've, I've tried sending it out into the world, but um, I assume that if one shares passwords, the other people can change them should they need to or add notes or whatever, but it doesn't seem to be like that in Apple's description of things. Um, Are you willing to send me all of your passwords and let me change them? Well,
0: I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to read the splash screen that I just pulled up here. And maybe this will answer the question so I don't have to send you all my passwords. (laughs) It says, each member of the group decides which passwords they share and can delete them at any time. The person who creates the group can add or remove others. So it does seem like if you add trusted contacts to a password group, each member of the group decides uh, the uh, what they, they can delete, the passwords, or edit them. So this is why it's a very trusted contact situation. You have to trust people.
1: Oh, uh, they said delete. They didn't say delete or edit. Listen, uh, I'm going to delete your Wells Fargo uh, login. Just okay. see what yep. happens. Appreciate Let me it. know over the next couple of yep. days.
0: Any chance? It's kind of scary that you that you know it's Wells Fargo. Yes. Appreciate it. Okay. That's it. <laughs> You, you, you're, you're shot in the dark uh,
1: and it landed. Okay.
0: (laughs) Very effective, very effective and terrifying. Thank you very much. Thank you. Also profiles in Safari, which will be across all platforms. Apple announced it with the Mac, but this will be true everywhere. And this is helpful if you have, let's say multiple Google logins, which a lot of people do. You have a personal, you have a work Google account, and now you can create a profile in Safari where when you tap personal profile, It's logged into your personal Google account and then you can go over to your work or school and it will log into that. Chrome has had this forever. I know, don't at me. And also like Brave has this, but now Safari does. That's nice. Would you use something like that?
1: Well, I was thinking, no, until you said that about Google, I get really frustrated with how many Google accounts I seem to have ended up with over yeah. the years. And uh, just yesterday, trying to find which one was the right one to go into some site was uh, a cause of some consternation. So to, to group them in some way that I can just push a button and or ignore five of them would be quite welcome. So I might actually pursue that a bit more than I was going to. Thank you very much.
0: Mm. Uh-huh. There you go. Then Apple actually had a newsroom article that released... Couple of days after the keynote, with even more announcements, they called it like services announcement. Yeah, but it was offline maps. So for the first time in Apple Maps, you'll actually be able to download portions of maps locally to your device, so you won't need any internet access.
1: So useful! I've just been on the holiday weather. Oh, yeah. I, I actually bought an eSIM specifically because I knew I was going to be using maps uh, quite a bit. I would have been able to just. Do it in advance.
0: Oh, a side note, as we go through all these updates, there was the talk show with John Gruber. He had his live talk show last night as we record, Wednesday night. And he had many, well, he had several Apple execs and VPs on there. Greg Joswiak made his normal appearance, as did Craig Federighi. And Craig Federighi literally did a solo on the electric guitar at the show. And uh, that was pretty wild.
1: Didn't you think the one at the WWDC presentation was fake? But apparently not.
0: Apparently not. I mean, the guitar was like what a three-neck guitar, so it was like, who knows? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know what's it's real like about Junior this. Junior
1: Brown and plus one, but yes. Um,
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, okay, but uh, yes, he apparently really does play guitar and actually plays well, and it is a wild, uh, wild thing. I was so very excited.
1: How has he got time to play guitar? What's the man doing?
0: How does he have time to be a Jedi uh, in the keynote where he made the iPad just come to his hand? I mean, that's that's the more amazing part. Uh, okay. Who knows? I mean, listen, Bob Iger was uh, on stage for this keynote. Maybe Craig Federighi has an in with Grogu. I don't I don't know. Who knows?
1: Right. We're just having to pass each other's references here, aren't we? And see how many we can get in a row.
0: I mean, it's a, there's a lot of references. A lot of references. All right. Uh, in addition, more iOS 17 workout scheduling. And this has been, I think, a, a long needed feature. I know my wife, she does workouts, not in fitness plus, but in other apps, because they kind of walk through a daily schedule and they'll say this on this day. And then you just open the app and you get another one. And so now you'll be able to create those schedules. I hope or assume that there'll be some like automated ones. So you could say, you know, give me a five day or a three day a week. Workout schedule, and it can just like choose some workouts for you. So you don't even have to oh. decide, you know, you just open the fitness plus app, yeah, and you just do the thing. I think that would be Thank nice. Thank
1: goodness. Now I don't want iOS 17. Okay, swings and roundabouts there, <laughs> but I am grateful for that. Thank you. Okay,
0: uh, yes, so that's that's good. That's good. And then also not mentioned at all in the keynote, which is you know, a little sad, but the Apple Podcast actually had a bunch of updates and in iOS 17. The up next queue is going to be vastly improved. And this is something that I've talked about on this podcast. One of the reasons why I keep going back to Pocket Cast is because that up next queue is difficult to manage in the current version of Apple Podcasts. Well, in iOS 17, you'll be able to add episodes to the queue, but then also manage that queue much like you do in Apple Music. So you could drag episodes up and down very easily. The interface is redesigned, and there's not the weirdness of some episodes are kind of locked in place and others are not so much improved up next queuing in Apple podcast. Although I wish there was still a setting. I haven't found it yet. Maybe they'll add it, but to say new episodes of this podcast, add to the top right. or add to the bottom of the up next queue. Cause that's a pocket cast feature, but, um, you know, maybe in a future update, that's okay. This is still a good update. They also have some design overhauls like the now playing screen in Apple podcast and a very cool feature is custom episode artwork will be visible in the episode listings of a show. And so you can go to a podcast, and as you just scroll down the episodes, you'll actually see the custom episode artwork right there in a little preview. And then when you tap on that episode's description, it will show the custom episode art as opposed to the full podcast art. And then, of course, it shows it on the Now Playing screen when you're playing that episode. Really cool. And even in the Apple Podcasts dashboard, Like when I log in to manage this show and other shows, there is now a place to upload custom episode artwork right there in the Apple podcast dashboard, which it will pull from your RSS feed, but they also have a way to just manually add it. Like if you're doing bonus content or subscription stuff. So really cool, really cool updates there. I forget, are you still on the Pocket Cast train or are you you on Apple Podcasts? No, no, I'm
1: on Apple Podcasts. I I occasionally skip around them all and just, no. Apple Podcasts is fine for me. So I come back to it. But uh, I tend to be a -er. onceer. You know, I'll listen to one episode of something and then that's it. I'm driving somewhere and I get there. So I don't tend to have long journeys. Well, if I do, I'm working rather than listening. So uh, I've never even thought about the cues of stuff like that. I I must have done it because I recognise what you said about it being difficult, but it's never particularly (laughs) uh, bothered me. So hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. what that's going to look like in CarPlay. Because so, uh, you don't want to be doing too much fiddling, oh. but that is the one place where conceivably I might like a few episodes of something.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. So welcome updates there. Find my item sharing. This is so big. So glad for this. So if you have an AirTag or find my items like Chipolo cards or e-bikes, you'll be able to share those items with family members and trusted contacts. So they can also have access to those items. And you don't have to decide... Who's going to be able to track this AirTag and who's not, (laughs) you know, because up until now, when you set up an AirTag with a device, that's really the only iPhone that can see it. You know, your family members can't see that device, which with like our kids' backpacks is a big deal because I want both me and my wife to see the AirTag on my kids' backpacks. And now you'll be able to share those things in iOS 17. Big yes, deal.
1: but also a worrying one uh, for me, because I'm thinking of people in abusive relationships. Uh, the abuser could force somebody mm. to uh, join their group, and then they would never know whether the air tag was with them or not when they're being tracked. I think that there's some worrying. I get it for families. I see the benefit there, but I, I, I'm I'm a little worried, actually, about that one.
0: That is a, hmm, that is a concern. I mean, I imagine there will be... You know, the ability to see what air tags are around you, even if you don't get the warning, because I understand like right now, one of the annoying parts of not having this feature is if you and your partner are traveling around and they have an air tag on their keys that's not on your account, you might get constant updates that like an air tag is following you. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm in the car with it on purpose. And so hopefully this will cut down on some of those false negatives or false positives, however you want to look at that. But no, I do get uh, there would have to be some kind of mechanism to say, you know, remove me from these air tags because they're not mine anymore or something like that. Which it just, I imagine there would be. Uh,
1: an, an option is defeated by pressure. Um, if it physically can't do something, then there's nothing anyone can make you do. But I'm sure Apple has thought through this. I mean, you look, uh, Tile, for example, has just started introducing the absolute feeblest minimum. Uh, anti-stalking measures that are defeated with a breath kind of thing. And they only did it a decade after they started because of all the attention that Apple has brought to this. So, yeah, I worry about Apple stuff, but um, they are at least shining a a harsh spotlight on the whole tracking thing, as well as doing mostly useful stuff. Although when I was away on holiday every now and again, I, I did get one notification that my iPad was last seen four thousand miles away, and that gave me a jolt <laughs> for a second. It then updated very quickly afterwards, but there was enough time for me to panic there a little bit. Yeah. Not like you could just turn around and go pick <laughs> it would, up, you see? yeah.
0: That that would be troubling. Mm. That would be yeah. I would it's have true. had to
1: buy uh, well, a new iPad. It would have been the fiscally sensitive sensible thing. Okay, yeah, all right. I you just nearly had it. an iPad Pro twelve nine. Okay,
0: right. Yeah, you should. Yep, should have taken the opportunity. Mm. Uh, also, collaborative playlists in Apple Music coming later this year, where multiple people can add songs to a playlist that's being played on like a HomePod or some AirPlay device. Yeah, that's pretty that's cool. I like that. Home activity. We talk. about What's I like
1: that. I'm a little worried about uh, some yeah. of the Apple Music things, like the extension into using Apple TV and uh, Apple Music Sing so that people can see themselves playing karaoke. Or the, you know, I mean, if you must, I suppose. But other than that, yes, a mixtape while you all move in the car. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Home activity where you can actually see who has opened or closed doors, like a garage door or unlocked and locked door locks that's nice we talk more about that and many of the other home updates in a home kit insider on monday's episode so stay tuned for that and also the interactive widgets yeah. which includes home widgets Wonderful. yes
1: i've been using that on the mac i really like that yes
0: oh that's true yeah. well wait a minute we'll get to the, we'll get to the mac william don't 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 try to jump ahead okay just just calm down a little bit i'll save it then i won't talk about it here we'll talk about it at the mac uh, the journal app, again, we don't have a ton of information on it. It's not available on iOS 17 just yet. So it's not like, you know, I have the iOS 17 beta, but there's no journal app. You, uh, so that's coming later this year. Looks cool. The integrations where it'll pull in like the podcast you listen to, the music you listen to, locations and maps, pictures you took that day, activities you did like a walk or a hike just pulls everything in one. Does bode not so well for apps like uh, Day One is a journal app, long standing journal app that does not have all this access to all of your things like what you listen to and the places you've been and photos unless you manually put it in there. You know, this the benefit of this stock journal app is that it's going to just automatically have all that access and be able to pull it in for you and just prompt you to write a little bit. So, curious if journal apps like Day One will be able to differentiate enough where this is not a complete Sherlocking situation of just Apple taking over journaling apps. I'm
1: sorry for day one. And I know people who love it will stick with it and things. But my (laughs) wife got so badly burnt by a failure at day one's end that she will never use Uh it or any iPhone journaling again. It was completely the company's fault, not hers. And it lost everything. And I was really unhappy with the company at the time. So, you know, I'm never going to give them money um, for it same thing could happen with Apple, but you know the Ferrari if it did means they're going to be extra careful and they have the resources more than day one ever could so i i I can believe it will be better, but it will the thing it was so bad she will never be convinced to use it again and it's um shocking really how destructive that one bad time was with day one so mm.
0: that's unfortunate i mean to if it Data loss for something like that that's so personal yes. is a especially difficult thing uh, yeah. to deal with.
1: I got back 80% of so, her text I worked out. I was like forensic for a night, eight hours working on this. Got back 80% of the text, but 0% of her pictures and anything else she'd drawn in. And the company was worse uh, than no help at all since it was their fault. Uh, it was, I mean, this is years enough ago that I can't remember how it all happened, but... Um, uh, I mentioned journal to Angela after WWDC. And the first thing she said was no, because of this, will not trust her. So wow. Badly burnt there. Yeah.
0: Man. Well, I'd be curious. I mean, I, I'll i be honest. I don't journal. I would like to. And it's always been enough of a, <clears throat> like, kind of uphill task, like pulling in different stuff manually. Yeah. And so I'm hopeful That this journal app is enough of an automated process where I'll be encouraged to just write a couple sentences and keep it digitally. And I imagine, you know, with like legacy contacts, which is a feature that already exists on iPhone, that if someone were to pass, that this journal could be made available. Like you could choose to do that. That would be a very nice feature.
1: Yeah. Uh, I oh, plus, uh, I'm in Britain where we have a particular flavour of tabloid press. If any of them could get access to our journal in any way, that'd be great for them and not so good for the rest of it. Well, there's a hacking trial going on at the moment here with one of the royal family or something, so it's kind of in the news. Oh. That kind of information of hacking of phones. A little bit more basic than hacking into an iPhone, but it gets done, and if they could do this as well, right. they would know everything I listened to, everything I watched.
0: Okay. They would see you just binging all of my podcasts. Right well, now. After Ted that's Lasso, what
1: yes. That's, where, that's what uh, it would be. No. The truth would be. That's ours. how
0: they would know it's a fake. <laughs> that, they could spot a fake from a mile away. If there's any Ted Lasso content, they're like, this isn't William Gallagher. <laughs> this is some some avatar of William. It's not real. Uh, also, the contact poster thing, I played around with that in was 17. I think that's pretty cool, being able to just kind of create that own persona. Wes and I talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago, about maybe... Apple moving towards a like this is your persona online, and that could be everything from like a public landing page at iCloud.com and also your contact information that you share. And it does feel like we're moving towards that with things like Name Drop and this uh, contact poster. So, did you is that on the Mac too? Did you play around with it?
1: I haven't used it, so I'm not sure. But uh, can we just take a moment to say, okay, Name Drop, the perfect name? I mean, just Good on Apple to do. <laughs> Sometimes I think companies put two <laughs> words together and don't realize what they mean. Like the obvious one is procreate. You know, hopefully they realize what they were saying there. Yeah. But name dropping, yes, perfect. Okay.
0: <laughs> it is It is very good. And then finally, before I move on to iPad, the Reminders app actually got a bunch of updates that were not really talked about in the keynote. When you first open it, at least on the device that I installed, iOS 17, it prompts you to approve an upgrade to your Reminders database, kind of like how Notes did many years ago when they changed the whole back end of the Notes app. So there's this like upgrade of Reminders. And the big new feature is groceries, where you can actually designate a list as being a grocery list. And then the Reminders app will automatically categorize things like produce and dairy. Pretty cool. I will just plug once again my grocery list app, which is Any List. And it is a prime example of what a great app can do when it differentiates, because any list, I mean, the reminders list, even auto sorting is so far from what any list offers. Like you, obviously you can share lists with people, which you could probably do with reminders, but any list also has like meal planning with a calendar. You can add items into a recipe. And then when you schedule that recipe for the meal plan, you can choose to add all the items from that recipe to a grocery list. like crazy integrations, and one of my favorites recently, I don't know if I've talked about it, but it now integrates with Instacart. So if you have your whole grocery list and you want to do an Instacart order for delivery, you could tell the AnyList app, send this all to Instacart, and then it'll go item by item, searching for what you put as the item name, and then you can just add those items to your Instacart shopping cart, kind of in the AnyList interface, and just add it all quickly. Because before you had to go back and forth, like let me go to the Instacart app, search for the item, add it, back to Any List. What's next? And now it's a much more seamless process. And so Any List is just two thumbs up. I love Any List for groceries. Do you use anything for groceries?
1: Well, I suppose I shouldn't, because it's a bit like um, using a Learjet instead of a bicycle. But I use OmniFocus for everything, so I do have a shopping list. <laughs> In there. Because why not? William. It's always I mean. Do
0: you use OmniFocus for groceries? Yeah,
1: I could see the makers of it going, okay. But, you know, it What works. in the world,
0: William? What in the world? Okay. I mean, I, I guess if you want to. You,
1: you do and you actually, know. in all seriousness, because uh, everything goes into OmniFocus, I, I always know where to look. I also know where to put everything. Sure. And I also know when I'm done, when I've bought all the stuff at the store or. Whatever. So, uh, there's a you know, there's a sense there somewhere. I'm not saying it's the reason to buy OmniFocus, but if you've already got it and you're using it, oh, stop looking at me like that. Sure. Okay.
0: No, no. Hey, uh, more power to you. That's that's great. So, a lot of what's in iOS 17 uh, iPad will be much shorter because, again, most of these features are just carried over to every platform, yeah. and Apple just chooses where to announce which feature. Yes. I think to make that section of the keynote feel more significant. And so iPadOS 17, they talked about interactive widgets, of course, lock screen widgets, which are really fun on the iPad. I actually put the beta on my 12.9 inch M2 because I was like, why not? I'm just going to do it. And uh, I did it and it's really fun. The astronomy stuff is really cool on it. The wallpapers, live photo wallpapers. It's the first time I've felt like a live photo has a purpose. I love live photos. No, I see. I never use them. Like I don't even capture. Oh, like all. Them. I keep the time. it turned off.
1: I use them everywhere. I have this gorgeous shot of Angela in uh, Japan, uh, surrounded by uh, cherry blossom, and it kind of all moves oh and just my. parts in front of her face, and it's just exquisite. Love live
0: photos. I mean, that sounds amazing. Uh, that's. I may, maybe I just have to get better at taking it. Yes. You. you sound like a professional. Uh, well, it's live it's me. Character.
1: It's not the technology. It's yeah, me. It's Clearly. You. Clearly.
0: It's you. Okay. Well, you can make that your iPad lock screen and actually see the animation every time you wake up oh, the screen, which is. No,
1: I want iPad OS 17.
0: Nice. Uh, it's pretty nice. I'm just <laughs> saying. Plus the lock screen widgets, interactive widgets on the home screen. It's all very nice. Uh, Stage Manager is also improved. I don't know if I'll be using Stage Manager anyway, but if you do enable it, much more granular control over window sizing and window placement. Feels much more like you can put it where you want and it's not locked into these very specific window sizes and placements. And so it feels more like a Mac in that regard. So that's cool. If you like Stage Manager or if you wanted to use an iPad with an external monitor, I think that would be a little easier now with these updates. And finally, for OS. Not mentioned in the keynote, not mentioned anywhere that I could find, but webcams are now supported by iPad OS. And I tried with a Logitech Stream Cam, which is a webcam with a USB-C cord coming out the back. And if you plug that into the iPad Pro, running iPad OS 17 in the FaceTime app, it switches to the webcam. And you can actually use an external webcam in the FaceTime app. And I've seen supposedly this will be an API that other apps can integrate like Zoom, maybe even like Riverside, and they'll be able to use external cameras. Other people tried with capture devices like the Elgato CamLink 4K, that works. And even a mirrorless camera with webcam out works. Like you can, <laughs> uh, Patrick Tommaso connected a Sony mirrorless camera via USB-C cable to the iPad. And FaceTime recognizes that as a camera and will switch to it for the camera input. So pretty wild, uh, that ability. Does that? Would you use that ever, William?
1: Yeah, I realized, actually, because I wouldn't tend to use it, that I think I ought, unthinkingly assumed it always did that. Uh, so the more you tell me, the more amazed I am that it's only now it's doing these things. But at <laughs> least it's doing them now, so...
0: It's doing them now, and Apple announced it, I guess, in the keynote by saying if you connect it to a studio display, it can uh, use the studio display camera, which was not specific to say it'll also work with all these other third-party peripherals, but it does. Unfortunately, even when doing that, what audio device is being used is still very much a mystery. <laughs> like okay. when you plug in a camera, it's pretty easy to tell which camera is this app yes. using. You know, is it the weird camera all the way to the left on my iPad because it's in the wrong place, or is it using this webcam that I just attached and is right in the middle? But when it comes to a microphone, there's no visual indication, there's no input gain settings, and so I, I would hope I, I guess not an iPadOS 17 unless they add it in a future beta. But some menu in the settings app for audio devices. That just says audio input device and audio output device and lets you choose it and the iPad locks it to that device. Then any app you go into, whether it's the camera app or FaceTime or Riverside or whatever else, Teams, that it uses whatever audio input and output devices that you have selected rather than what the iPad is like randomly selecting. So I wish.
1: I wonder oh. what Logic Pro is like with this on the iPad. Because on the Mac, if you pull out your headphones or you change anything, it goes, no, 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 everything's changed. What's going on Do we'll I save it With the iPad, yeah, it is does. it like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Don't worry about it.
0: Well, it depends on the app. Like, Ferrite on the iPad, it'll tell you exactly what device it's using. So you could plug in, like, your ATR2100X oh, microphone see, you, and Ferrite will, ch- yeah, it'll say it. But none of Apple's apps do it. <laughs> like, none of, none of, like, the camera app, FaceTime, none of that stuff. And it's challenging if you want to record video with like your iPhone, like you do for YouTube, and to know that it's using the right microphone, it would just be so nice. Just Mm. have a little text overlay in the top corner that says ATR2100X, and you just know it's using the right microphone. That would be nice. That's all. All right, William, I want to hear about your experience (laughs) with macOS Sonoma, and you have like widgets on your desktop. And I mean, what are you all doing over there? What's been fun?
1: Well, actually, can I just say that I heard the catch in your voice as you had to think about Sonoma as well, didn't you? I've can. I- no, yes, I did
0: not know. I wasn't even tempted to say that. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know what that is. Is that a word? Yes,
1: it's a, like a cancerous uh, thing. So, so it's a very lovely image. I'm amazed oh. Apple didn't pick that instead of wine country or whatever it is they really went for. I'm not recommending it as an alternative name. I just I struggle. With it. So I'd like to move on wait, now, except wait. most of what I've got to say wait, is wait. what you just said. Um, I can't be, I was really disappointed at first in the keynote when, here's the Mac, the Mac's wonderful, we depend on the Mac, it's great. Big new feature, screensavers. Like, really? That's what you're launching <laughs> off in? I mean, they're very nice. And they don't seem to be in the beta yet. I mean, the mechanism is there, but uh, the image is the, the very Apple TV like photography, it's not in my copy of the beta setup. So Sometimes there is region differences, but I don't believe it's in the beta generally. So that's, yeah, okay, it's nice. But then you do get into other things, but it is all keeping parity with the rest. So desktop widgets, um, I tried it just to see what it was. And actually, as I look at my screen now, I have a little row of them in a corner. I, mean, I have that a big mm-hmm. wide monitor and usually it's full. I've actually shrunk a couple of windows so I can just leave a few widgets on the side like that. So I'm surprised how much and i love the fact you can place them anywhere but then when you place a second one apple puts this faint outline like a snap to grid so if you're aiming roughly to Mm. the left it puts it just so or just above it just right so that it all looks very neatly arranged instead of slapdash or overlapping as you might do by yourself it's just aesthetically very nicely done
0: so what widgets are you using um i have a world clock
1: which actually is a, a a bit of a problem I've been trying the different clocks and sometimes you know when you're in an app the widgets kind of become ghost widgets almost they fade away a little bit and and they're very readable except on some of the clocks uh, the hands aren't quite as clear as you would want them to be but I've been messing around Mm. with different clocks for that and the one I've got at the moment seems to be okay I have an OmniFocus uh, widget that lists I I have a
0: for your groceries it, it could
1: do but it could be, it doesn't. Could be. I have a first 10 perspective in OmniFocus. Um, OmniFocus is a to-do app and it lists all your to-dos, but you can also slice and dice them. And I have a first 10. Get these 10 done before anything else today and you're going to survive the day. And so the first 10 is listed in the corner there. <laughs> and Survival also thing. we mentioned this, the home uh, stuff. I have a little four-piece uh, home widgets uh with a couple of lights on it that i'll knock on enough like i have an outside porch light that for some reason in the last few days keeps coming on during the day and i should look into it and what i've set it to do but instead i just click that button and it's gone again for a bit so
0: <laughs> nice i'm excited for those home widgets because i leave the home app kind of open on my mac yeah I've and just that. really just for a few different widgets yes. or you know device controls and so
1: I use it like yeah, a tripwire. Uh, if somebody hits a certain <laughs> light coming, I, mean, I know trouble's on its way. That kind of thing. <laughs> uh, <you know.
0: laughs> Man of mystery. Now, you, do, you knocked the uh, screensavers into wallpaper thing, but have you tried that?
1: Well, in as far as you can. At the moment, the only screensavers I've got are actually, weirdly, they're, there's a set of photographs, um, like generic things. Mac OS Ventura was the default on there. I don't know if I managed to messed that up on my way and in the installation across the two versions of my apple ids but there wasn't a that gorgeous photography that craig Federighi showed was not is not there yet uh so oh, this okay. um the thing if you have a screensaver and when you unlock it it smoothly goes back i think that's going to look better with that photography but it looks nice now even with The Ventura wallpaper. But actually going into the screensaver, it feels a bit kludgy. Uh, Twice now, I've thought my monitors switched off. A few days ago, I knocked a cable and switched my monitor off and it looked like the same thing. But then after a little heartbeat, the screensaver would kick in and it's quite nice. There's a clock option on there, which isn't very attractive. But weirdly, on the lock screen, there's a clock now and it's just gorgeously done. The lock screen is really nice. There's a beautiful clock and date and down at the bottom uh, that's where they've moved the login bit to and i found if you do have multiple users i don't know if there was anything like this before but now you the, the main the last used user is in a circle at the front and the other ones kind of pop up out of the side almost like they're waving and then go back behind it just to tell you that they're there and if you click you can get the list and change on it. it's just so smoothly done it's ridiculous mm-hmm. to start enthusing about a lock screen on a computer that you don't look at for more than an eighth of a second, but it's very well done.
0: That is very nice. Now, one of the impressive features they had was the whole video conferencing thing where it'll separate you from a slide. Did you try that at
1: all? Yes, it's not fully working yet, it seems to me. Um, I tried it with Zoom. And of course, the thing with Zoom is, uh, well, a nice thing with Zoom was I was in this really serious Writers Guild uh, meeting. um, And at one point, I kind of physically raised my hand because I needed to say something and my Mac recognised that, told Zoom to push the button to put the raise hand icon for it and wow. I had until then I hadn't realised it was going to do it and then if you go two <laughs> thumbs up for any reason, boom, there's an explosion of fireworks behind you.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> the confetti. Except when you deliberately want to do that, it's like the Mac is giggling at you because it waits just long enough for you to feel a bit silly standing there with your two thumbs up and then it kicks in. <laughs> All of that kind of works, a few visual things that just a bit jarring a little bit. But um, the thing with the slides is, uh, I don't know, how, I don't remember how Apple demonstrated this, but on Zoom, if you want to show slides, you do it by sharing your screen. When you share your screen, the image of you and of all the people on the call shrinks to this little box on the side, because otherwise you'd be right. sharing the image of them looking at you and that stuff. So that means when you do that, you go into this and you put yourself in front of the slide you can't really see the effect. Um, You have a small option, which is the one where they put you, the slide is full screen and you're a little inset uh, in the corner in a circle. And that's a bit screwy at the moment. Um, I found, I don't know what it looks like to other people, but at my end, my face in the circle was appearing off to the side of the monitor, away from anything else. And also it was kind of glitching a bit in and out. And then if you switch to large, which is you, full stream, expansively, gesticulating in front of your own slides, well, all you see is the smallest, narrowest little preview of it. And I couldn't even tell whether the same video glitches were happening. You know, when you're on Zoom and somebody has one of those fake backgrounds and it's a bit rubbish and they move and you see all that judgering. I was getting quite a lot of that as well. So Uh, I don't know. But the ability to just, Nip into it and out of it. I will be using that. Um, I'm sure. Okay.
0: <clears throat> okay. Well, I'd be curious to try it. And one last thing, I'm looking at the Mac OS Sonoma preview page, and there's a screen sharing section under additional features saying that uh, you can tap into the full power of your Mac while working away from it. There's a high performance mode and screen sharing app that uses the advanced media engine and Apple Silicon to enable highly responsive remote access over high bandwidth connections. And even in all those words, I don't know if it's talking about just locally on the network or if you could actually do that anywhere in the world, basically. You know, if you have your MacBook Pro and you're at a coffee shop and you want to access your Mac Studio at home, does that mean it's going to do that? Because Apple used to have that feature called Back yes. to the Mac and mm. it never really worked very well. No, that's true. <laughs> it, was, but... it was kind of janky. But I would love for them to try and bring that back because I use uh, Edovia's screens right now. Oh, yes. But I get a little, you know, wiry when it comes to third parties having so much deep connection into the computer that you can, like, remote into it through an SSH tunnel. And so I would love to use a first-party option, like just native screen sharing, which I use when I'm home. Like, if I'm on the patio and I just want to get something off my Mac Studio real quick, I'll use screen sharing. Mm. And I would love to be able to do that anywhere i have internet so
1: i use screens as well i used to do it a lot from my ipad when i was traveling or anything and incredibly useful uh but actually i've had lots of problems with that app something changed in my network some settings and i would come home and i would set it all up and it'd be working fine while i'm on the same network i step outside and it's nope even though it appeared but i think actually at one point it's because i changed routers and that particular router just didn't play nice uh, with something. So a uh, first-party well, one. I should have tried that. Actually, that's what we're going to do the moment we stop talking.
0: <laughs> and I will say, I, it took me a long time to figure it out, but local network access screened worked fine for me, but remotely it didn't. And I had to do this manual port oh, yes, configuration. It. Yes,
1: I got bored and, halfway through. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I got bored the first three times and I never figured it out. And then the last time I did it, I literally have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to set a port. I don't know what port I should be using. I don't know if I just make up a number. It's probably not very secure. I should probably not do this and probably not talk about it on a podcast, but that's what I did. And eventually I finagled it enough where it works now. As long as I don't touch anything,
1: I gotta say I'm I'm laughing at you here, not because I understand this any better, but because I understood enough not <laughs> to mess with it. And you've gone and put in right. one, two, three, four, or something. Uh, did I get that right? Like I did with Wells Fargo, stab in the dark. Have I got your port number? Uh,
0: I mean, it's close. It's, it's not one, two, three, four. Oh. It's it's four. It's four digits. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know how it's working or if I did it right. All that I know is it's working. I'm not going to touch it. Okay. So that's that. Um, actually, oh, actually, sorry. One small have... thing. Oh, and okay. this is
1: a tiny, tiny thing, but um, I really liked it. Uh, web apps for it. Um, yes. You know, you've been able to do this for ages. Take a website, make an app out of it. But it's always been a bit, bit clunky, and it kind of right. does and doesn't. It just, yeah, I might bother for a bit and never do it. Uh, I've been doing it on macOS Sonoma, and it's so easy and so far so reliable. I know I'm going to keep using it. And I think, actually, Apple's been really clever. They don't call it create a web app out of a site. It just says add to dock. And, like, you get it straight away. More people are going to find it. More people are going to use it. And I think it's deeply useful. So, that
0: is, I'm excited to use that as well, especially, like, for some project management uh, websites that I don't like downloading the native apps because sometimes those are a little more janky than just going straight to the website. I so I'm... I'm hopeful that the web app uh, is, I don't know, that I might prefer that. I'm actually totally the other
1: way around. I prefer native where possible. But uh, I don't have a, I have a very patchy internet connection around where I am. So maybe that's it. I don't want to get stuck in the middle of uh, updating something and then lose the signal.
0: Well, the one I'm talking about is Monday. I use uh, monday.com, which is a great uh, service and a great uh, web app. And I use it there, but I actually have the native apps on like iPad and iPhone. And for some reason, it can be a little weird sometimes where it doesn't save an update or like doesn't like have a save an edit to a comment. I don't like that stuff. So I actually like managing it in the web. But if I could have the best of both worlds where I'm managing it in the web, but it feels like an app, I would do that. That'd be pretty sweet. But William, we have to spend at least a few minutes talking about apple vision pro because, i can't believe
1: we've got this far without doing it actually yes it's like yeah we've well, done the mac we have done it. you all know done. I, oh yes this small thing they're, they're not anything
0: I, I saved it to the end because one neither you nor i have held this thing or used it as far as i know unless you got some kind of secret i was briefing.
1: gonna say uh, no you're right actually no
0: okay yeah so you know, anything we say is pontificating about what other people said. And there's been great articles and videos. I'm going to link a few. Our own Andrew O'Hara had a hands-on. I'll put that article in the show notes. And very few additional pieces of information, like the prescription lenses. There will be from Zeiss. So if you wear glasses, you can get prescription lenses as an add-on. Could be anywhere from three to $600. Pretty pricey. The refresh rate has come out as a 90 hertz refresh rate screen for those eyes which goes up to 96 hertz if you're watching movies, which would make sense if you're watching a movie in 24 frames per second, times four, that's 96. Final? Yeah, yeah. Final Cut is available, going to be available at launch, so you'll be able to edit videos in Final Cut in Apple Vision Pro, which is pretty wild. Mm. And there's already accessories being developed for this thing, like band work, as a, like, leather strap accessory, and I just, I had a little bit of an eye roll, because I'm like, this thing could very well be a year away. As someone pointed out on Twitter, Apple announced the Apple Watch in September 2014. They said it would be available early next year, 2015, and it came out in April. Yes. So early next year for Apple, I think basically means before June. And so, you know, this could be close to a year away. And I think it's hilarious. There's already... Accessories, supposedly you can get.
1: But you bought accessories for your AirPods Max, didn't you? You got a, you got a traveling case or a stand or something. I do. Um,
0: I do. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, no, I know. I get it. It's just funny how important it is to be very first, even if you're a year ahead mm. of time of the actual device coming out. But I, I've watched several videos, William. I watched MKBHD, Joanna Stern. I read Jason Snell's article, Jason Ayton, all the Jasons, uh, John Gruber's article. I really am struggling to actually put words to what I think about this thing because it looks like an amazing piece of technology. Everyone who talks about it says the eye tracking, everything is incredible. The hardware and the immersive experiences and all of that. And I am not uh, na- like I'm not being down on it. Like I'm not saying this thing is going to flop or fail. Like I'm not uh, implying any of that. But. Just for me personally, sitting here in my office right now, picturing if I had an Apple Vision Pro on the table, would I want to use that to edit or write an email (laughs) in VR? You know, I I think there's going to be amazing entertainment type experiences. People are talking about watching even 3D movies is better than in theaters, which totally makes sense. You know, it's more immersive experience. You know, if you were on a plane, being able to just shut out the entire plane and watch a movie that looks like it's a 100-inch screen, which might be a little jarring if you like (laughs) get woken up by the flight attendant and you were in this VR experience. I don't know how that works. But I just don't know. I feel like it's so early, I don't even know how to have an opinion about it. So I throw to you, William. Oh, thanks. What what do you think? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well,
1: the one thing I didn't like was, um, you only glimpse this, but there is uh, a keyboard that comes with the Vision Pro. If you... What's the word? A virtual keyboard. It's not click or tap. If you look into a a bit that needs typing in, a keyboard appears in front of you. No one is ever going to write anything worth speaking of on a virtual keyboard. Can you imagine writing a novel or a script by waggling your fingers in midair? Not going to happen at all. So I'm not sure. They implied that you could use a regular keyboard. With it, you obviously could do this stuff with MacBook Pros and things that where you kind of take the screen away and put it around you, but presumably can still type i I'm curious to see how writers will be able to use it, but then also it is three and a half thousand pounds so writers I like to see how they can afford to write it i mean w g a on strike, nobody's going to go out spending that kind of money on this sort of thing yeah i but I do think actually Apple has pulled off something. Quite astounding, really, because even up to an hour before, I, I was shrugging about headsets. And during it, I I can see that I would bother with it. I would try it, at least. And that's something... I mean, I've had the opportunity to use headsets. Uh, I've politely used one when necessary. And I just didn't care. With this, I'm interested. And so I think they made a oh, yeah. big leap forward with that. And I'm very impressed with how they, how cleverly they sold the idea to us. It's just... What happens next? I don't know.
0: Yeah. And, and everyone who tried it says the eye tracking is incredible. Just everywhere you look, the headset knows what you want to select. Selecting, you just tap or pinch your thumb and pointer finger together, even if it's just sitting in your lap. And again, those experiences. One of the wise uh, ideas I saw from someone was that the whole spatial videos and photos where you can capture 3D photos and videos on the headset but you'd be the super weird dad at the birthday party if you were doing that. Like, we'll probably have an iPhone that eventually captures those spatial audio and video, and then you can just watch them on the headset, and that makes a lot more sense to me. Actually, no, Uh, goodness, goodness,
1: when you just said that about the, uh, I know you're right, I've read it too, that wherever you look, it knows you're looking. You, you know, when you if you have a t- tooth out or something, your tongue keeps going there. What if there's a big fat delete button and you just can't resist looking <laughs> at it? That could be horrendous. Yeah, okay. yeah.
0: And I, I also, you know, it's so far away. You know, I'm curious. I'm very excited to see what developers yeah. do. Obviously, that's, that's always the amazing part of the Apple ecosystem, is there are developers that just make Amazing apps. Like I'm not going For to mention you, them like... again,
1: but I bet <laughs> no, you anything I'll it. they will be there on day one because they always are. Right from the iPhone, and the iPad yeah. days, and they did tremendous work across all of their apps. I don't use all of them, but great company. So they'll be there somehow. And and I can't conceive what they any developers will do with it. So that's exciting to see what happens.
0: And I could see something like Frame IO, which is a oh, yeah. like video collaborative platform where you upload a video and then people can add comments at certain timestamps and you can kind of project management, interact with your coworkers on a video to do that in a VR environment where you can kind of point at the video, you see multiple people in a room in the virtual environment and you talk about it. That is probably more compelling than staring at your computer screen, trying to comment at a timestamp. Like I could definitely see there'd be compelling situations. And that's why I'm excited to see what developers do about it. Uh, but until then, and until we can try it, you know, I, it's hard. Honestly, I when they were gearing down the keynote and Tim Cook came back out, I fully expected them to just end it before yes, they did. Feel like that me. didn't they did that well? And yeah. I'm <laughs> they did that they did it on purpose. Mm. I'm sure. And then when he said one more thing, I, I was again, even with all the leaks and Gurman and rumors, genuinely surprised. That he actually they actually did it. Like yeah. I, I'm still somewhat surprised that they actually announced a mixed reality headset after all exactly.
1: these years. Exactly. All these years of so many rumors. Uh, and the next thing you know, the car will be here and we'll be as equally <laughs> surprised by that. And blue. And suddenly and... just, just gotta know what happens if you roll your eyes in the video conference wearing this set? I mean, does it pick up that you're disparaged uh, someone's disparaging It throws
0: the other people across their room physically. The headset will physically just throw them well, across. Now the
1: you're house. selling me. I yeah.
0: Oh, that's okay. in, maybe when, William. Maybe one day we'll record this podcast in VR, staring at each other's digital personas.
1: Okay, you kind of do that with home kit inside, don't you? You're both in vision all the time. I yeah, mean, I'd have to dress up. I'd have to comb my hair push the T to one side. I don't like this idea at all.
0: <laughs> we'll see one day. I'd, again, l- listeners, let us know. I'm, I'm really curious what, what people think. Obviously, there's just so much amazement right now with the technology. Let us know what you think. You can tweet or Mastodon, William, and myself. All those links are in the show notes. Let us know your favorite features. If you're running the betas on your daily drivers, good luck to you. <laughs> but <laughs> let us know how that's going, because I'm not doing that just yet. Although William's doing it all right
1: Accidentally... Married half accidentally again yeah, all
0: right. if it happens every year accidentally I don't know if you can call it an yeah, accident.
1: yeah it's a cry for help isn't it but okay I
0: yeah. won't go there I won't go there so let us know and thanks again for tuning in you can support the show at patreon.com slash appleinsider or directly in apple podcast we appreciate that if you do and as always we'll catch you next time